All right, so let's get into personal mastery today. It is all about body dysmorphia. It's a mental health condition where a person spends a lot of time actually worrying about their flaws and how they look. Mm. And it's now been categorized for some time, obviously, as a mental disorder. It can obviously affect you in different ways. Now, we got a letter here from one of our listeners saying, Hi, Mo and Kuto. I'm Palisa Tsoteti. And I would like for you to discuss with Dr. Matenti on the show. Uh, I'm a 31-year-old woman. I really don't like my body. There's just so much that's not great about it. And I just feel like I have curves in the wrong places and the shape is weird. I'm really struggling to accept my body and it's even affecting my sex life and my love life as well. I recently broke up with someone because I thought, um, because I think he was tired of just dealing with my insecurities and that I would often refrain from being intimate with him because I don't like exposing my body. I don't know what to do. Please advise. Sure. And uh, on the back of that letter, let's welcome Dr. Matenji. Good morning. Good morning, family. I hope you guys are good. We are great. Thank you. Hope you are well, Dr. Matenji. I'm always great on a Tuesday. I told you, I have an amazing step class that gets me ready for the show. Come on, come on. Again, I'm going to join you <laughs> next week, I'm just saying. But, Doc, yeah. let's get into, I know uh, Palessa is not the only person that feels this that uh, feels and wakes up every single day feeling like she's not good enough in terms of her body, that the expectations are set very high maybe, or she's just not uh, surrounded by positive people who acknowledge her to say that your body is absolutely beautiful. Now, for someone who never has heard of body dysmorphia before, how would you describe body dysmorphia disorder? Okay. We are not going to have enough time for you to get all the different things that you need to understand about the condition. So I encourage you to, but as a listener, don't do a self-diagnosis based on Dr. Google. Rather, go and speak to your GP and go and speak to your psychologist so that they can take you through it and do a differential diagnosis so that they can make a distinction. But just in terms of making it, trying to, trying to make it uh, accessible to somebody using layperson's language, you realize that you have body dysmorphia. There's a few things that happen. Firstly, you are very picky and you notice specific flaws about your appearance. It's not overall, it's specific flaws that you have. And you may find that you're very obsessive about it. You're doing changing your behavior and doing certain actions to try and compensate, hide, or bring attention to it. Even if objectively people who are caring about you and who don't know you, they may not necessarily focus on it, but you hyper-emphasize it. And this might be specific in picture in terms of whether you've got a six-pack and Ms. Palisa talking about this, um, her curves. Other people focus on stretch marks. And it might even be things that happen as a result of you changing due to aging or the fact that you've gained weight or that you've had a baby. And it might even be, for, for example, in men, a preoccupation, for example, with their with their specific parts of their body that are they performing. And for you, it becomes such a central thing that you become obsessing about it. And as a result, you start changing your behavior and you do things to try and hide or compensate or get reassurance and validation for it. Secondly, you are constantly comparing yourself with other people. Mm. And you might find that you walk into a room, you think other people are noticing it. Well, in fact, they're not paying attention to it, but you become super, super focused on it. And so as a result, that's part of why you are voicing situations. And this part of the thing, that's part of what we have to be to be eating with your partner. And she's already feeling so hypersensitive and constantly needs validation. And she's actually now started coming away from people from eating with situations because she's feeling a sense of distress. Mm. We understand that when you also have body dysmorphic behavior, you are going to recognize that 
you are doing things to try to fix it. So you even try whether to get their surgery to correct it mm-hmm. or to get different ailments and treatments. And even things, for example, people are getting involved in clinics and management because they're trying to correct that position, even if it is not necessarily as wrong as you are or as big a problem as it is, but you amplify it. Now, if that is you, go and read up about it, but go and speak to a professional because there are comorbidities that go with it. A lot of people struggle with dysmorphia. They might find that in obsessively and focusing on it, they have OCD. Some people might also have anxiety and depression associated with it. But mm. there's also a comorbidity, for example, with people who are struggling with eating disorders mm. that, that, that have a distorted self-image. But for them, they are focusing more, they are worrying more about their weight. Mm. They may be worrying about their body image and their body shape. And when you're having eating disorder, you need to be able to make a distinction between it as well as BDD. So go and speak to a professional. Don't just rely on today's show to determine which one you are struggling with. Yeah, I mean, how do you... If you are in someone's life, like, for instance, the person who's in Balisa's life, whether it's family, partner, whatever, I mean, is there anything one can say to somebody who feels that way about themselves? Or is it all just really on them doing the work? Look, um, when you are a, when you are a, a loved one in this person's life, what you say actually becomes very important. And you might, I mean, in the black community, whenever we see people after a long time, we say, okay, what's happening? <laughs> we, make a, we, make, we pay attention to people's bodies. So somebody like Balisa might have a history of people in the family constantly bringing attention to their body. Men are, you know, uh, sexualizing and objectifying the fact that you've got curves. And actually mm. you feeling like that is why people are mistreating you. That is why I've suffered abuse. Mm. So there can be an entire history around the condition that when you are a loved one being with this person, don't minimize it. Don't just brush it aside. Make it an indication to them, have a conversation in a sensitive way to say, I see you're preoccupied with your boots. I see you're preoccupied with the fact that you're constantly worrying if I'm wanting it other men because you think I'm not satisfied with you sexually. If you're a woman having a condition with your man. Speak about it in a sensitive and a respectful way, but also understand that this person might not be ready to admit that there is really a psychological problem and that you are suggesting that they are crazy or they are, you're, you're validating the fact that there is a problem. Because for them, the issue is the physical attribute. It's not the fact that mentally they're having a problem or physically they're having a problem. So you want to be able to broach the subject very, very well. But you're also going to be able to share with this person that I am aware that you're preoccupied with it, but I see that no matter what I say, whether I validate you, whether I acknowledge you, whether I, I, I compliment you, it is never enough because you're constantly seeking reassurance. You are convinced already that the defect is there. You are convinced that it is a problem, even though it isn't for me. So perhaps you need to go and speak to a professor. And we have an amazing group of people that can assist you. For example, very often in my practice, I refer people to Dr. Elna McIntosh when they have sexual Ah, yes, I know Dr. Elna McIntosh. Yes, He's yes. amazing. Absolutely yes, amazing. able to relate it to you. This is one of the persons that I, that, I, that I refer to. And Dr. Lane also is somebody that I refer to. Because if there is an issue that has to do with you feeling like you're not good enough and it's affecting your sex life, whether it's about you feeling like uh, your vagina there's a problem or your penis there's a problem, mm-hmm. go and speak to a professional who's trained and they can actually address the things that physically are an issue and let it be secret. If that's, the pro- that that's what is required, but if it's psychological, they'll also refer you back to the psychologist for us to be able to deal with you. Stop trying to do self-remediation because some people end up doing things to harm themselves in trying to correct. They get obsessed with surgery, they get obsessed with different treatments and the others that are out there mm. when in fact it can cause more damage than it. So seek professional assistance so that we can actually see if this is really an issue or mm. it's just mainly about you feeling good about yourself and accepting yourself as you are. Mm. 
You know, I love the fact that you actually brought in Dr. Al McIntosh into the conversation. I remember having a conversation with her just about this. And she even mentioned and said, people think that intimacy is about sex, but intimacy is about truth. When you realize yeah. you can tell someone your truth, when you can show yourself to them, when you stand in front of them and their response is, you're safe with me. That's intimacy. Yeah. That is removing Absolutely. body dysmorphia. Now, in closing, uh, Dr. Madenshi, let's talk about how we have a solution in dealing with this disorder. Because we know that you will never look like the girl in the magazine. I mean, the girl in the magazine doesn't even look like herself, the girl in the magazine. So how do we deal with this emotion, this feeling, this, this self-conscious that you're always carrying with you? Look, firstly, go and find a GP who will do an assessment to see really there is an issue and refer to the appropriate specialist. If you have a psychologist, psychotherapy is one of the things that we do. We focus a lot on CBT, changing your perception, changing your thinking, and that resulting in your behavior so that you actually are able to see yourself and accept yourself as you are. Because you super focusing on the defect makes it, it actually contributes to reading the quality of your life and actually living a full life. But there's other things that you can, you can also get help with. Group therapy and family therapy is one of those things. When we focus on you as an individual, we are pulling our way out of the system as if you have to now go back into the family and educate people about how to deal with things. And very often, we actually have to educate our uncles, our aunts, our mothers, our sisters, or to hell and comment or because you are actually causing more trauma. Sometimes people are struggling with trauma that has happened in childhood or things that have happened in their life right now because of stresses and comments that people are making. So part of the conversation is about intervening with other people as part of your network. And then if ever there is any comorbidities because if you have anxiety or depression, you might need treatment. Black people, when you need medication, it doesn't mean you are weak. It doesn't mean you're giving up. When you refer you to see a psychiatrist to get antidepressants, it doesn't mean that you've lost the war. And when you are taking treatment with regards to depression and anxiety, understand that it's not either or. It's not treatment or therapy. You still have to see a psychologist to attend therapy mm. so that the medication just helps stabilize you, right, and give you a fighting chance. But you still need the coping skills to be able to deal with the condition and correct and unlearn certain behaviors and thinking that is part of what is uh, making that problem much bigger. So mm. you need to be able to get medication if that's the case, the psychiatrist will help you and then you must continue still with psychotherapy. Dr. Matenchi, thank you so much for ending um, on that very positive note and giving some direction to how we can manage uh, our different scenarios and we appreciate this conversation today. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Have a good week, guys. Bye-bye. You too. Same to you. Dr. Tabiso Denji on Personal Mastery. That entire conversation, maybe you've just joined us, is available as a podcast.